sing, and you're going to know who you're singing about. And it's going to do something to you. I think, I think my sister, I think my sister know who she's singing about. Jesus the Rock. Amen. But man, I'm excited to be here this morning to, uh, to be able to share with you, not only on this grand occasion, being one who's been able to be in the city and to experience the impact and influence of this particular church um, over the course of uh, some of the leadership that has been here, and to be able to see what God is doing um, in other parts of the city. It's uh, such, such excitement for me to be here with you today, but it is an added an added excitement, as uh, folk would say, the icing on the cake, to be able to be here, man, with your, your great pastor, this great man, this friend of mine. And, I, you know, and I've been around church long enough, man, I know some pastors be lying, man, when they come up talking about the pastor's my friend, and it, it just sounds good, amen, it just sounds good. That's the post thing you're supposed to say, supposed to say good things about the pastor if you're visiting the priest, but, man, I ain't lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. I love this brother, man, and I'm thankful that God has allowed us to be together. Um, you don't, you know, you don't always meet people who are nice. You know, you, you'll run into folk, man, who are professional. You'll run into people who will protect the protocol and do and say what they are supposed to. Um, but it is a blessing from God. It is literally his fingerprints on your life when you are able to meet people who ain't trying to do it. They just doing it. And it is who they are. And, and, watch this, watch this. I love it when they're not doing it because they're good. It's because they saved. A couple of y'all got that. Couple, couple, couple of y'all got that. Couple of y'all got that. Amen. Amen. I, I'm certain. I'm certain to my core. I will argue at the gates of eternity that this brother knows Jesus. And I'm thankful to have him in my life. God bless you, man. God bless you. For us, you are blessed with this gift as your pastor. Uh, I, I do, I do certainly, man. We're going to get into the into the word, and if you and if you would uh, turn with me to Matthew the 16th chapter. Uh, while you're turning, I would love for all of my my family, man, C3 Church, uh, Connecting Christian Church. If you would, man, just stand up, just stand up. I was looking over my shoulder, and I I got lightweight, emotional. <laughs> Praise God. All the yeah, man, man. Thank y'all, man. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love you. Love you so much. You, you may be seated. I love you so much. I uh, put you almost, almost, almost cried just a little bit, man. I looked over. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Two years, man. The Lord has been blessing us to gather together, and it is it is amazing to see who God is bringing together for His mission. And I'm thankful for for this blessed church, man, to be the pastor, connecting Christian Church, Matthew the 16th chapter. I pray that you've gotten there, whether it be in your Bible, your smartphone, your tablet, um, or whatever. You may have the notes uh, on the back of your hand. I don't know. But Matthew, the 16th. It ain't, if it's okay to shout in church, it's okay to laugh. Amen. 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 Matthew, the 16th chapter. Thank you, Nate, for mentioning my beautiful family. Uh, I'm so thankful for what God is doing in, in our home um, as he is growing us in a family to lead this great church and my wife. Uh, such a such an essential part of uh, the development of what God is doing in me. Uh, she's not just a great wife; she's a great Christian sister, and I'm thankful that God has uh, paired us together for this journey. Amen. And, and since my other two are not here, I'm just going to go on and make light of Temple. She's on tiptoe, looking over shoulders, making sure Daddy says something about her. Love you, baby girl. Love you. Ma- Matthew, the 16th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. 
Matthew 16, beginning at the 13th verse. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I just like how it reads, and it helps make some things plain. Matthew 16, beginning at the 13th verse. I love the way Jesus, man, does his ministry. He's very relational. It's one of these contexts that Jesus seems to be sitting around a table with his boys, and he's talking to them, and he's pouring into them, and we get to peer in on a conversation that he is having. And the Bible reads in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, uh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, what a pertinent question, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Amen. If you would, man, pray with me. Pray with me, family. Father, we do thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to look into your word. Father, just say what you have already said. Father, recite what has been written. Father, we pray that you lead by your spirit. You know me. Father, you know that I'm kicking and screaming to make it all about me. But I pray, Father, that by your spirit squash my agenda and father you allow your word to be explained and your son to be exalted i do father i pray this time this moment for your presence for in your presence there is no room for confusion or fear only power and clarity we pray now god for preaching power it is in the name of your son jesus that we pray and we all said together Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus, uh, and I love it, I love it, uh, as I said before, Jesus, man, has a very unique way of presenting himself and a very unique way of how he dealt with his followers. And in the gospel, one of the things that we are able to see, we're able to see a very real depiction of Jesus. We don't see uh, one who is seated high on a throne or who is in some pristine setting and hard to approach. Jesus, y'all, is on ground level. We see him here sitting with his boys, his disciples, his hand chosen, the ones that he has said, you're going to journey with me because I want to download in you what needs to be said many years to come. 
Jesus man sitting with his boys and in a very relational way speaking to them. And I, I think that Jesus is, is challenging the boys as he would for us today. And we talk about the celebration of 149 years, establishing the foundation of, of a title that I thought about when I was reading over the text. My brother said it a while back. He said, man, a church that hell can't handle. Jesus, man, establishing in his boys these boundaries in which the church is going to be built on. But he didn't do it in a sermon. He didn't do it in a book, man. Jesus did it sitting down with his boys and talking with them and, man, just espousing the power upon them. But I, 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 I love the way he did it because he's doing it in a moment kind of like where we're existing in right now. Jesus is, is, is profound in this. He said, you know, we can't move forward unless we have some clarity. You know, but fellas, I, I want you to understand, you, I, I'm using this as, a, as, as what we call a teachable moment. We, we can't move forward. We cannot be a, a power-packed church. We cannot be a movement that is going to engage the world and be people of impact and influence if we don't have clarity. Jesus said, man, I want you to understand who I am and what your mission is going to be. But fam, I want you to know I, it, it, it can't go if, we're, if, if there's any ambiguity about why we're doing this thing. And after 149 years of being established and serving in this city, on this particular plot of land, in this particular community, I believe that God has much more for you to do. But can we not use this moment as a moment to espouse some clarity, to make sure we just agree that we're on the same page of why we're doing this thing? You know, much is going on. Unless you live, you know, in a shed uh, with no doors and no windows, uh, you, you don't know what's going on. In the world right now, we are in a moment that seems to be like a powder keg. Matter of fact, if I say it this way, it seems like in society, in different communities around the country, it seems like we have several powder kegs. And in any given moment, a powder keg would burst and the community just go crazy. And with all the Black Lives Matter movement, the argument against police brutality and all of communities around the inner cities in the context of our, of our country, man, the question is, man, where y'all Christians at? Uh, and, and, and before we can impact what's going on outside in the world, y'all, we got to be clear on why we do this thing. I was recently talking to a police officer, man, and he was telling me how he was seeing all the things that was going on and listening to the rhetoric on both sides. And he said he had a moment with his family. He sat down with his family, man. He had different ones. He had children, his wife, his uncles, brothers, and and he said, y'all, he said, I, I need to ask you all a question. He said, man, what, what, do y'all, what do y'all think about me? Well, what do you mean, boss? He said, man, y'all see me in my uniform. Y'all see me out of my uniform. And he said, y'all see what I do on the job. Y'all see what I serve. But then I know you also hear all the things that have been said about officers. And I know what you hear about those who oppose 
blue lives. And I know how you feel, some of y'all, about black lives. I know y'all hear all. I need to know, man, I'm not in uniform. We at the house right now. It's us just talking. I want to know how y'all feel about me. Because I know what, what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm not, I'm not going to put down the shield. I'm not going to put down what I believe I've been called to do. I'm not going to stop doing my job. But, y'all, it would give me some sense of peace if I knew how the ones that loved me felt about me. Those who are most close to me. I, I need to know that though you may have some opposing issues as it goes with policies and procedures of and what you may agree with what some other folks. I need to know how you feel about me. I know how you might feel about the banner. I know how you might feel about the brand. But how do you feel about me? Jesus having a similar conversation with his disciples. If you read back up into the chapter, you'll see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they always had an issue with Jesus. And they had no problem making known their opposition to Jesus. And y'all know there were many people in that day, just like we have now, there were different religious groups, different cults and things that were rising up in the community. And they were always opposing the message of Jesus. And there was not something that was just happening in that time when you're reading the Gospels. But if you just continue to read on through the New Testament, I love pointing people towards Colossians and Philippians because and Galatians because Paul continues to argue against people who try to dilute and distract people from the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and we see a continual argument saying you got to be clear on who Jesus is. But not just the brand, not, not, just, not just the Baptist denomination, not, not just Forest as a church, but there's going to come a time where you are going to have to answer the question, just like the disciples here, who do you say that Jesus is? Yeah, yeah. Because all of us, all of us, I know me and Nate, we'll sit and we'll talk and we'll share and we'll talk about what we want to do as a church. How we want to lead our church. How, how we want to grow our people. And, and, and then I, I do believe that for us, you would sit down with C3 and y'all would chop it up and talk about, man, this are some of the aspirations that we would love to do in our city. We would love to see our churches come together and do these things. But y'all, we can't do anything in power, nor can we do anything in unity if we're not clear on who Jesus is. Pete, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot overcome it. Why did Jesus say this? Jesus said this because he's trying to establish something, a church that hell can't handle. A church that hell can't handle. Y'all, he is in these first couple of verses. Jesus is saying this. He said, man, listen, you got to have a have a firm foundation. you got to be built on the truth and the reality of who Jesus is. Living in a time, y'all, where we are challenged to defend the gospel. We're living in a time, y'all, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of y'all do y'all hair at home. Maybe some of y'all let your granddaddy still cut your hair. But if you go to a beauty shop, 
If you, if you go to a barber shop, if you work at the job, you will be thrust into theological conversations. Some, somebody somebody going to bring up something that has something to do with spiritual matters. And I, I'm just coming here today, man, to argue, man, if you want to make your church proud, if you want to make your pastor proud, man, understand and stand firmly on what it is you believe. Because you're living in a time that many groups and many cults and many different religions are not only rising up, but they're rising up with boldness and they're rising up with courage. And they are not just rising up, man, so that they could gather together, but they are rising up just like in the day of Jesus, not only to gather, but they are rising to oppose Jesus the Christ and those who follow him. And so when Jesus is asking this question, he's asking a question, man, ride or die, who you with? Who do you say that I am? Jesus is asking this and he's peering not just for some Sunday school answer, but he's peering into their soul. And he's asking a question, Pete, who do you say that I am when you are on the job? Who do you say that I am when you're talking to your children? Pete, who do you say that I am when you're getting ready to comment to that post on social media? Pete, who do you say that I am not by your training, but by your heart's Beat, who am I to you? My question to you today, do you have a firm understanding on not just who Jesus is to everybody, but do you have a grip on who Jesus is to you? Who, who, who do men say that I am? Who, who do people Say that I am. Well, some of the boys are just like us. They got they got some grasp on it. They got some understanding. They 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 went to Sunday school a little bit. They they, they said, well, you know, Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, some say you John the Baptist. Huh? That'd be interesting. Seeing John ain't got no head no more. Some, 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 some say you, you Elijah. Some, some, some say, you know, you Jeremiah, but then, 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 I mean, I don't know, you know, that would probably be me, y'all. I, you know, I'm trying to be right. So I'm just going to just throw out there, you, you, some of the prophets, I, I, I didn't go to Sunday school that long, so I don't know all the names of the prophets. And y'all picked the good ones. And so I'm just going to say you just, you know, some of the prophets. You somebody special, Jesus. Uh, ain't that us sometimes? Uh, I, I think it, I think it was, was Mahat. Gandhi said, said the sad thing about Christianity are the Christians. The, the hurtful, you know, we, we ask these questions, why does the church not have a greater presence in the community? We, 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 we'll say stuff, you know, 149 years ago, didn't nothing happen in the community. 
if it didn't come through the church. I, I ain't lying. I mean, you know, and, and some did misuse it, but it, it was a grand show of respect. Let one of the church leaders come walking down the street back in the day. Man, man, brothers are swallowing cigarettes, throwing beer cans, half cuss words. Oh, man, that go to deep. There, there was something of a reverence for the church. Why? Not because people had it all together. But I do believe that there were people who were living out the faith. And there were people who were living strong on their understanding of who Jesus is. You can't have power in your Christian faith as long as you're unsettled about Jesus. This is why we show up every Sunday. We show up every Sunday because we have a heart and a passion to impact and influence the world. But don't get it mistook. We show up to make much of Jesus so that when you leave, you can make much of him when you go and as you live. Why? Because there is no other power that is going to change the lives of men and women when we look at the destructive happenings in our world today. It is not the government. It is not the president. It is not the policies. It is not settling the issues. It is Jesus. I don't know about you, it might sound churchy, it might sound over spiritual, but I am convinced that my big brother Jesus has the power to do what no other power can do. Yeah, yeah who, do, who do you say Jesus is? Do you believe in him? Do you believe on him? Has he done anything to you and in you? Can you point to some evidence that Jesus is in your heart? Can you point to some evidence that it was Jesus who turned off the click of the light now that made you want to do some stuff you used to do? Paul says in Ephesians 2, you were once dead in your trespasses, but you were brought to life through Christ. The question is, is it Jesus that has saved you or have you just got a little too old? Is it Jesus that is moving in your heart? Or is it now I just a one woman man? Is it Jesus that is doing it? Uh, because if it ain't Jesus, can I not be a witness you will slip? If it ain't Jesus, can you quit waving your hand when you're talking about the ones who are saved? If it ain't Jesus... Ah, there's going to be a disappointment on your face when you stand before the king and he is now separating the sheep from the goats. You better know who Jesus is for yourself. Who do people say that I am? You better have a firm, firm foundation. But then I love, I love how he's, Hey, switches that thing. Jesus, you know, it was sometimes you look in scripture, man, Jesus didn't take his foot off the gas. 
You know, he throw a question out there. I mean, man, that was rough, Jesus. Paul, whoo, Jesus, you got me on that. Let me go study a little while, Jesus. Give me a little time to fast and pray, Jesus. That was, that was a rum. Can I pick it up on next Wednesday, Jesus? Can, can I get a curve on the test? Jesus, that was a, that was a rough one, Jesus. Who do, who do people say that? Then and who do I? Then he shifts his attention to the one that answers correctly. And, you know, Pete, I know Pete in the first of it, he was like, okay. He said, Peter, oh, Pete, Pete, man, Pete, I know he saw the proud on Jesus' face. Pete, yes, sir. Yes, say it again, Pete. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Did y'all hear Peter? Did y'all hear Peter? Peter, Peter, say it again. You are. The Messiah, the, the anointed one, the one we've been waiting on, Jesus. You are the Savior and, and, and the Son of the living God. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. You are the one. You are the one. Say it one more time, Peter. Just sound so good rolling off your lips. Uh, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Pete, you didn't learn this from somebody teaching you. This was revealed to you. Ah, uh, uh, the spirit, my daddy told you, Pete. Pete. Pete, my daddy put that in your heart. Pete, Pete, you know that one that, that, that sent the dove down on me when I got baptized? Yeah, yeah, Pete, Pete, my daddy revealed that to you, Pete. Your, your, your grandmama didn't, didn't awaken your spirit. She, she may have read the scriptures with you, but, but it was my daddy who woke up your dead spirit. It, it, your, your, she might have taught you, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so, but it was my daddy who let you know that it was Jesus that you needed. It might have been good, faithful deacons and leaders in the church who came to your house and brought you to church and made sure you sat somewhere in the church. You might have been in the back. You may have been writing notes, but it was my daddy. Jesus is saying that one day you woke up and heard the sermon and he revealed the truth of who he is to you Pete Pete you right you right on what you say but it was my daddy who revealed why why am I making so much of that because see a church that hell can't handle gotta have faithful leaders uh, and then you gotta understand that faithful leaders are not bought mm -hmm. and true for the matter is faithful leaders are not elected uh, faithful leaders are not trained up no, no, faithful leaders are molded by the hand of God. Uh, faithful leaders are where they are supposed to be. Why? Because daddy in heaven makes sure that the church that he established is going to be healthy and on its way to purpose. And y'all, sometimes we need to realize that if the church ain't going where it's supposed to be, it might be because some folk are where they're not supposed to be. Can, can I can I can I push on? He's looking, he's looking at Peter. He looks at Pete. He said, Pete, on you, what you just said. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to build, build my church. The boys looked at Jesus, said, Jesus, on Peter, on, on Peter, Jesus, 
Jesus, first time he got one right, Jesus. On Peter, Jesus. Jesus. This ain't the first time the boys looked at Jesus crazy. Y'all imagine when y'all first saw Jesus getting ready to walk off land on the water. Jeep, Oh, boy, look at that. Jesus, on, on Peter, and what he just said, yeah, yeah, on Pete. You got to have faithful, faithful leaders. Why do you have to have faithful leaders? And I say faithful leaders, faithful leaders, those who have faith on Jesus. Those who have an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Why is it important that you see Peter in this moment that he's talking about Pete, the rock, I'm going to build my church. Not because Peter was perfect, but it is because Peter had been and will be, watch this, perfected. It is not that he was perfect, but it was that Peter was going to be perfected. Uh, Because Peter was not all that he was going to be. But when Jesus spoke to him then, Jesus saw something in him that Peter couldn't even see in himself. Peter was amazed in what Jesus said. The people around him were amazed that he said it to Peter. Why? Because Jesus not only sees who you are, but he sees where you are. But he does not only see who you are right now, but he sees who you're going to be if you remain faithful. You need to have faithful. You need to have faithful. But this is why I love about Peter Pudge because Pete, Pete was real. When I say faithful leaders, I'm talking about you better have some real leaders. And when I say real leaders, I'm talking about in the church today. Man, hey, it ain't nothing wrong with being dressed up, but that better not be the qualification for you to be a great leader. You might talk better than everybody else, but that is not the qualification. It better be based on your relationship with Jesus the Christ and that alone. Why do I say that? If you look over into the gospel writer Luke, there's another conversation, man, that Jesus is having with the boys, and he looks at Peter. Another crazy moment because here he is saying, Pete, on your testimony and your faith, I'm going to build my church. Watch this, watch this. They're sitting in another roundtable discussion, and the Bible said that Peter, Jesus kind of looked over at Pete and said, Pete, got something to tell you. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, Pete, Satan has asked to sift you. Like wheat. And, and Pete, I prayed for you, boy. But, but watch this. When you return, hold up, Jesus. This conversation ain't going right in the way that I thought you was going. Pete, Satan has asked to sift you. Wait a, wait a minute, Jesus. Hold on, Jesus. Sifting. Satan has asked. To sift me, not not the bad boys on the other side of town. Nope. Satan, not 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 those folk who disagree with me. No, Satan. You, you mean the king of the underworld? The, the dark one himself, the one who was foolish enough to think that he could oppose the God of Genesis 1. Well, wait a minute. Gen, God of Genesis 2 Revelation? You, you saying that one has asked permission to sift? Yeah. Yeah, but Jesus, it sounds like you gave him permission. (laughs) That's my only issue right now, Jesus, because up until this moment, you protect. 
prevented me from anything that would come against me. But Jesus said, I need you to understand something, Peter. In order for you to be the leader that I want you to be, you got to go through some sifting. Just to give you, just I love the illustration. I love the illustration. Eminence, Kentucky, looking in that kitchen, and I see it, and I still see it. That silver thing, it had that little net, and it had a little round thing in there. I said, Angie, what is that? She said, baby, that's a sifter. I said, well, what do you do with it? She said, well, baby, sometimes the flour got some clumps in it, and you got to put the flour in the sifter, and you shake that thing up. And at the bottom, the flour just falls out all perfect, ready to be dealt with. And y'all, that's what Jesus is saying. You now are fighting against the sifting but I'm trying to make you into something that will now be perfected because I have something for you to do and y'all sometimes the church is stunted in its engagement in the purpose that God has for it because the people don't want to be sifted We just want God to protect us. We don't want to have to go through anything. Matter of fact, we want to, we talk about, we want to have testimony service back in church. But how are you going to have a testimony if you're not willing to humble yourself to the test? Church that hell can't handle is full of some people who have been sifted. Sifted with Jesus' permission. Knowing that you're going to go through it. But can I not tell you, that's why folk used to run in church. Not because they were being sifted, but because they served the Jesus that they knew sometime, sooner or later, was going to bring me out of what I mean. Y'all, I just need you to believe right now. There's somebody that needs to believe in the power of Jesus before it reveals itself. While he's telling you that you're going to be sifted, you better believe. Ah, he's still the same Jesus. He's the same Jesus. Pete, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Church full of folk. Who are faithful because they've been sifted. They've seen Jesus show up and they've seen him save. And here's the thing about it, y'all. Truth for the matter is, everybody ain't had that experience. And that's why we gotta keep on preaching the truth. That's why we bring up words like gospel. That's why we keep on preaching about Jesus. Folks say, why don't you preach about cars? Why don't you preach about houses? Because cars, houses, and money cannot save you. And it does you no good to have the blessings and they are not the blessings of God. How can you want the blessings of this world and not want the blessings of eternity? How can you want the blessings of man but not the blessings of the one who made man? I keep on preaching about Jesus because it was Jesus that God sent to the earth. It wasn't a house. It wasn't a job. It wasn't a wife. It wasn't a husband. It was his son that he sent for my salvation. And if I got to go through some sifting, I know that Jesus is going to save me. Uh, But you got to have some faithful leaders. You ought to want some real folk who ran into a real Jesus. That's one of our problems, man. Church gun got so sanitized that we can't deal with people who gun been through some stuff. 
acting like you ain't never did nothing. The only difference between you and them is that they've humbled their lives to Jesus and you still doing what you doing, but you're doing it in the dark and you can't stand that they're willing to talk about theirs in the light because of Jesus. Have you ever seen somebody who was drowning when they got out the water complaining about being wet? No, sir, because I'm so happy that I've been saved that I can't help but tell somebody about it. Uh, we need some real folk, some real folk who've been through some stuff. Yeah, the boys looked at it and said, oh, Peter, you going to build your church? Oh, cussing Peter? Yep. Oh, knife burned Peter? Yep. Oh, quick angered Peter? Yes, sir. I'm going to build my church on him because he understands a life that has been changed. Oh, oh my goodness. A church that hell can't handle. Full of some people who are faithful because they're going to been through it. He's going to been through it. And not only have you been through it, but you surrendered. The experience to Jesus. You've been in a moment where you're saying, listen, Jesus, everything I've gone went through. Jesus, I need for you to use it. Every, 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 every experience, Jesus, that I've had in my life, I need for you to use it. What, what, what about that stuff you used to do? Use it, Jesus. What about in my 20s? Use it, Jesus. What, what about that stuff I did when my husband used it, Jesus? What about that stuff I did when I was a teenager? Use it, Jesus. Because when you use it, I know you're going to use it for my good and for your glory. Can anybody say, Jesus, use it? Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Stuff I know about, stuff I done forgot about it, Jesus, use it. Please, Father, show me how to repent, how to come to you, because I need for you to use me. I love the psalm writer. Psalm writer 51 said, please clean me up. Why? So that I can show those who are weary and those who are walking away how to be clean. You can't show somebody to be clean if you ain't been clean yourself. Faithful, faithful leaders. Are you looking at Pete? And that Pete boys is looking at. He talking to Pete. Boys looking at Jesus. They they can't understand how Jesus is gonna use Peter. You ought to pray that God sends some people like that to Forest. We ought to pray that God sends some folk like that to C three. God, God, send us some folk that are so, as the, as the song used to say, I was sinking. Uh, so deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. So I, was, I was deeply stained within. Watch this, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me. Watch this. And now... Safe am I. God send us some people who were sinking but are now saved. 
Because you want to see a church that has power. Uh, let it be filled up with some folk that used to be. <laughs> Not acting like they used to be. But some folk who used to be. I don't want it no more. I don't taste it no more. I'm not looking at it no more. Jesus has filled in me that which I used to try to feel in the world. Please use me. I got I got I got to move on. Some faithful people and he he's looking at Pete. But watch this church that hell can't handle. It's not only a built on a firm foundation, you understand Jesus is yours. You are his. He is mine. Claim him personally as my savior. He's doing something in me because we're so closely connected. Symbiotic union between his spirit and mine. Uh, but, but you're a faithful leader because you are leading out of, out of, not in your sin, but out of your sin. Uh, folk can point to you and see the working power of Jesus. Oh, God, I love that point right there. I want to preach it some more. He, they can see what he's doing in you and through you. But, but the other thing is, is that you better be a, a, a fighting church. Fight a church that hell can't handle is a fighting church. Pete, on you, on the rock, I'm going to build my church. And I love the way the NLT says it. And all the powers of hell will not overcome it. I'm going to say it one more time. One more time. I, I, I wasn't always... In the AP classes. Uh, uh, Pete, on, on this rock, your confession of me as the Messiah, your understanding that I am the son of the living God, that there is no power that is greater than me, Pete, not your person, but your faith. I'm going to build on that a church and the gates of hell ain't going to be able to handle it. Okay. In, implied in the statement, all the powers of hell are going to come after it. But NIV, I believe, says it won't overcome. It, it did not say you're not going to have to fight. Yeah, because, see, you better understand when Jesus is talking to these boys, they have a better understanding of an Old Testament God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They, they, yeah, yeah. When, when he talking about Old Testament, you better holler at them boys like Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. Joshua was a warrior, and when, when it was time to fight, Joshua saw somebody come walking to him, and he had his sword out, and Joshua said, all right, I'm just telling you, before you get any closer, I need to know whose side you on. Are you with us? Are you with them? Joshua was ready to fight, but it threw him off when the boy said, I'm with neither. I'm fighting on the side of the Lord. Okay, all right, a different sermon, a different day. But I need you to understand, ready to fight. Y'all better read about that boy, Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah took it upon himself to go before the king. He came before the king in boldness and carriage because the king could have took him out. But not only did he go before the king, got permission, went back to the boys and said, we're going to rebuild the wall. And anybody that don't want to rebuild the wall, you got to deal with me. Run on up in here if you want to. But I'm telling you, you might walk over here, but you're going to limp back in the name of Yahweh. Come on up over here. I got something for you. The Bible said that when they acted a fool, the Bible said that Nehemiah threw them down and pulled out their hair and their beards. Uh, we're talking about a fighting type of spirit. You better love that boy Elijah when Elijah said, look, you're going to have to fight. But the Lord going to fight for you. But you still got to go out on the battlefield. Open up the eyes so they can see. And the Lord waged war on their mind and the heart that they fought against themselves. Here's what I'm saying to you. You're going to be a church of impact and influence. We got to be willing to fight the fights that God sends us to fight. But if you start out. If you start out, got to vote on whether to go talk to the games. C3, I want y'all to shoot me in my knees. If we ever have a meeting trying to decide if we're going to be involved on the injustices of our city, we got we to be willing to fight. Some fights... Not going to come to you. Some fights, you're going to have to go to. Mm -hmm. well, what do you, you mean, Reverend? See, there's some empty seats in here right now. It's because folk ain't coming to church like they used to. Why? Because the gates of hell are fighting against them right now. But it's going to be up to us to go get them. But wait a minute, what's that look like? It don't mean go, hey, come visit my church. Now let me sit with you for a little while. It might take two months. It might take three months. It might take six months. But the spirit of the Lord will do what it has already done. Wait a minute. You need to have faith that it'll do for them like it did for you. It took you a couple of years. It took you a couple of folk praying for you. It took you a couple of people knocking at your door. It took a couple of people texting you and the vibrating wake you up. It took a couple of folk praying for you when you wasn't even in the room. People who were fighting for you. Yeah, I, I, I ain't got to worry about what folk. I don't care what other churches think about me if they see me marching somewhere. Because I got to stand up and say something. I don't care what my co-workers think. That if something, that if some candidate does not say, that does not match my biblical principles, I'm going to say something. I ain't just going to sit back and watch you believe some foolishness. If some cult or some religious group comes up with some foolishness about Jesus, I'm shutting it down. And we're going to chop that thing up. Your non-belief in Jesus does not touch my commitment to him. I'm ready to fight. I love what Brother Russ said earlier. He said, man, I'm a husband. He said, I wish somebody would try to run up on my bride. I feel you, brother. Shout out for Jesus, but shout out for the husbands in the house. Yeah. Yeah. 
I used to say, I, used to say, I said it like this one time when I was preaching to my youth group. I said, man, we need to move. I, I remember uh, cats I, I, I ran with on the block. Say, say something about that game. Man, you in trouble. I, I'm, I'm for real. You're talking about a faithful church, a fighting church. R- run up on a crib and talk crazy about cribs. I mean, and get real close. I'm just saying, run up on the blood and talk crazy about bloods. And just see, y'all, y'all, ain't, y'all, y'all think I'm playing. Am I lying, darling? It, either you know how to fight or you know how to wake up. They don't call, they don't call no meeting. They don't have to call the lead gang member. Hey, man, do we argue against this? Do we handle this now? Or should we wait till Wednesday to talk about this? Hey, man, maybe I don't need to eat fruit and, 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 and maybe I don't need to drink no Pepsis for a week so I can come back to, because this dude is on our block. Talk, man, are you crazy? But the church who has been empowered by God, who has sent his son from heaven, has given us the authority to stand against any power that asserts itself. Fighting church. The last time you seen somebody hit somebody in the mouth because they was talking crazy about Jesus. Come on down 3rd, 5th Street. <laughs> you, want, you want a model of ministry? Just hang around some gang members and see where their loyalty and how deep their loyalty runs. Ask a mother who has tried to pray and pull her child out of the gang life. Ask her how deep the loyalty runs. But then ask yourself the question when Jesus is talking to his boys and says that no power in hell will overcome the church. And then ask yourself, are we the followers of Jesus as loyal to our claim as they are in the street? When the last time you seen somebody hit somebody in the mouth for talking about Jesus? You want to see about loyalty? Talk about Trump all you want to. How when the last time you seen a believer act like Trump, act like Jesus? When the last time you seen somebody ready to put their hands on someone who was coming with heresy and mistruths about Jesus, our Savior? When is the last time you seen somebody go crazy because somebody is denouncing who Jesus is? But we worried about emails. When the last time you seen somebody argue Genesis 1:27 or Genesis 9:6 when you see someone killed in the street and you're not just arguing because he's black. When the last time you seen somebody arguing for life because it was God the creator who established all life not because of an ethnic connection. Fighting church 
fights from the premise that it is Christ who has sent us to the war. It is Christ who has sent me to the battlefield and I'm fighting from a winning position when the fight starts. I'm about done. I remember my big brother, my big brother OT. OT man, OT man, listen. OT, listen, he wasn't the greatest fighter in the world. But let him talk. He gonna talk. I've seen my big brother talk men out of fighting him. What? I man, I quit. He he would look. What about these? And when he put his hands up, his knuckles were swollen. Because he had decided when he was 15 that he was going to pop his knuckles until they started swelling. So they got big. So when he put his hands up, you're looking at him and he's looking at you and he ain't saying too much more than what? (laughs) And you're looking at him in his eyes and he's looking at you in your eyes. He ain't went nowhere. He ain't standing about this high. He ain't that big. He's looking at you. He got his hands up and he's looking at you. He's like, what? What you won't do? Because I don't care how big you are. I don't care how loud you are. Hey, man, I believe in me. And I'm willing to fight this fight, whether I win or lose. But guess what? We ain't going to know until we put up these. And right now, I'm kind of convinced that I'm going to win. And I'm just arguing with you, man, when we're talking about a church that hell can't handle, how many of y'all are willing to fight? Are you willing to fight the good fight? I'm not talking about fighting in no daggone meats. I'm not talking about fighting over foolishness. But I'm talking about fighting over the faith. Whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever's loose on earth be loosed in heaven a fighting church you better understand that you have eternal finality heaven's going to be full so is hell I was in Chicago Nate brother said in one of the classes about our schools he said it seems like the church believes the issues in our educational system is somebody else's problem Another brother raised his hand and said, man, well, in my hood, it seems like the church has decided that gangs are somebody else's problem. He said, it seems like the church, man, don't care no more. I wonder if we care that somebody that you don't speak to about Jesus is going to hell. Whatever, whatever we bind here, it's bound in heaven. What your confession of Christ in this building, in this room, has eternal implications. One's rejection of Jesus has eternal implications. What goes on out there? It should, it should, it should bother you. If the young brothers and sisters, man, that come across our scene, our screen when it comes to news reports. Not only are they black, but man, have they come to know Jesus? Something that riddles my spirit. Constantly. A church that hell can't handle is a church that hell loses the battle. Not because the church can't fight, 
It's because the church will fight. Kingdom man, Tony Evans says this in his book. He says, man, that kingdom man, a person of purpose in the kingdom is one that when he wakes up in the morning, when his feet hit the floor, the devil says, oh, Lord, he's up again. Satan ought to say the same thing about our churches. When we turn the lock on our door, oh, Lord, they open again. When they meet for Bible study, Lord, they're studying again. When Sunday morning happens, Lord, they, when they worship in man, they worship again. When they, they out there again. Why? Because they are engaged in my kingdom. A church that hell can't handle. Jesus, talking to his boys like that brother was talking to his family, is asking us, man, who am I to you? And just like that brother said, man, he loves his wife so much that he's willing to put his life on the line to defend her. This is what Jesus was asking us. Who am I to you? What's the question, man? Jesus, you're enough until. Jesus, you're enough until. Jesus, you're enough until. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. Pray, Father, we have not run ahead of you, but God, we've said what you sent us to say. Pray, Father, that we have not run out of your power, run out of your spirit, but right now, your spirit is working on the hearts of your people. Those who have been convicted, those who have been challenged to change, those who have been wooed and called by you. Pray now, Father, that your spirit does what only it can do. We honor you now. We bless you. Give you all glory and honor. It's in the matchless name of your son, Jesus, that we pray that this word settles well in the hearts of your people. And all God's people said, amen.